You are now listening to Discover Your Potential with renowned radio talk show host and certified holistic practitioner, Cindy Gilman. So listen, participate, be inspired. Know that you can discover your potential. Here she is, Cindy Gilman. Day here, um, finally here up on the East Coast. It warmed up a bit, and here we are, locked in our houses. I know it's been a tough time. I want to read something to you, as I always do at the beginning of the program. This is a creed for every day and every dream. May you find serenity and tranquility in a world you may not always understand. May the pain you have known and the conflict you have give you the strength to walk through life facing each new situation with courage and optimism. Always know that there are those whose love and understanding will always be there, even when you feel most alone. May you discover enough goodness in others to believe in a world of peace. May a kind word, a warm smile be yours every day of your life. And may you give these gifts as well as receive them. Remember the sunshine when the storm seems unending. Teach love and let love embrace you as you go into the world. May the teachings of those you admire or admired become a part of you so that you may call upon them. Remember, those whose lives you have touched and who have touched yours are always a part of you. May you find enough inner strength to determine your own worth by yourself and not to be dependent on another's judgment of your accomplishment. And always, yes, always feel loved. And I think that's very appropriate for what we are dealing with in today's world. I do hope... uh, First of all, I want to thank you for letting me in on your Sunday, wherever you're listening from. If you'd like to be a part of the program and call in, our number is 888-627-6008. And I'll repeat that through the program. We do have a few gifts to give away today. So remember, 888 888- Six two seven six zero zero eight. I hope all of you are at least following some of the rules that Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks have put together for you. When you go out, wear a mask. Um, I think you might remember the last guest on this program, uh, Karina, who... Uh, turned her dressmaking company into a workroom of creating masks, over 3,000 to be given to 
heroes in the medical profession that are dealing with this virus day and night. And to all of you, to all of you who go to work, to all of the first responders, to everyone in the medical field and people who work in relation to the medical field, we love you, we pray for you, we honor you, and you are appreciated. So wear your mask, wear your gloves, make sure everything you bring into your home is wiped off with either sanitizer or those disposable cloths. Um, today we have a wonderful program. Um, I want to dedicate this to someone who is no longer here on this earth, but is in spirit, and I've been feeling his presence all day. Jim Henson was a genius entrepreneur. He brought new light to the world of children's entertainment and then to children of all ages. And his memory lings on. Or lingers on. I'm sorry. It keeps sending me these messages. Um, he brought together some of the greatest creative minds to work with him. So, Jim... We love you for love for what you gave us in the world. And as a friend of mine said, the show must go on, and it does. One of those wonderful creative minds, a creative actor, director, a person who creates his own characters, is Bill Beretta. Bill, I welcome you. To discover your potential. Is Bill there? I think we lost him. Doug? Hello? 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 Bill? Can you hear me? I'm here. I can. I thought I lost you for a moment. Oh, no. Just at the, just at the right time. <laughs> oh wow! So, did you hear I'm any here. of what I said, or were you gone right from the beginning? I, no, I did, and I and actually, the first thing I said was, "What a lovely uh, introduction! Thank you. That was uh, uh, incredible. That was wonderful. Well, it was well deserved. You are one of the most highly creative people, and I am, I'm, I'm just thrilled that you're spending this hour with." with me, for the listeners, and for oh. all the creative young people that may be listening. Um, you've been in this field for quite a while. Yes, a little while. Almost uh, heading for the 30-year mark. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, now, before, but, uh, you, before you did the work that you are doing now... Yes. Um, we talked a bit uh, when we were setting up this time. You mentioned mm-hmm. that you studied in New York. I did, yes. I studied at uh, 
Well, actually, my first, uh, I, uh, you know, I always wanted to be <clears throat> in the entertainment industry in some way, and preferably I wanted to entertain people as an actor. That was the, the thing that seemed most obvious to me, mm-hmm. the thing I seemed to enjoy the most. And um, so I studied with a, a great teacher in Philadelphia named Sidney Kay, mm-hmm. and Sidney Kay was a student uh, of the late, great, Sanford Meisner, who is the creator of the Meisner Technique, yes, and um, was a student of Stanislavski, the ultimate kind of teacher of method acting. And that's the method that we were taught at Emerson College, the Stanislavski method. Right, right. And so the Meisner method is a a kind of variation on those tools, um, and and different teachers for um, Lee Strasberg. And yes. uh, Uta Hagen, right? They they, mm-hmm. they took Stanislavski's work, and they refined it, and and or not refined it, but I guess took things that they felt they wanted to apply to it or to enhance it in a way. And, and so kind each of, of them went off their on their own twist. Yeah, in a sense, yeah, but still staying true to the root of all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, the first teacher I had in Philadelphia was a man named Sidney Kay, and he was a student of Sanford Meisner at the Neighborhood Playhouse. And when I finished with Sid, uh, after a couple years, he suggested that I go to the Playhouse. Um, and I did, and had a chance to um, be taught by some great teachers as well as Sanford Meisner. So um, that's where my kind of training of, of you know character and uh, relationships and scene work and the understanding of how to create characters really comes from, I think. Now, where, because our audience doesn't really know everything you do and have done, mm. so uh. tell us a little bit about Bill Beretta. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a, oh, oh boy. That's well, a loaded uh, question. Well, it's just, um, I'm trying to think of, you know, uh, I don't want to be too boring here either, but, uh, you know. You are not a boring person. (laughs) Thank you. Well, just hang on. You'll see. Um, (laughs) uh, So I guess as a kid, I could just go there real quick and I'll jump. But as a kid, my, I have a very entertaining family, Mm -hmm. uh, growing up. My grandfather, my grandmother, my parents, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, all very entertaining people. And this was something that was just the way our family was. And so almost every Sunday were family get-togethers, and Mm -hmm. all the cousins would get together and put on a show for the adults. And, you know... um, the older cousins would come up with the ideas and, and we would perform them. And it was like a variety show almost. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, now, where, where was this? Uh, well, um, I have family in uh, Philadelphia area and in mm-hmm. New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up in Bucks County. So it was either people came to our house or then we, you know, the next Sunday we went to my uncle's house in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. It was always kind of a rotation in, in a sense. Um, How and so nice, and you got to be with all your aunts and uncles and cousins. Oh, it was mandatory. You know, that's what family right. was. That you, we had that, too. 
right? You have to you have to be with the, your family. So um, that's what what I grew up with was uh, just a family get together and a and always kind of a, a party, um, you know, having fun and coming up with things to do to entertain ourselves and each other. Um, and so that's I believe you know where I really wanted to. Where, where at least where I started to think this is something that I wanted to do was I was making people laugh in my family. Mm-hmm. It seemed like, okay, this is fun. Um, and my brother, who's four years older, who I know you've had on Gene. the show, um, Gene, yeah, he really was the, uh, a, a ringleader and, and the creative kind of force behind our childhood. Really? So he would come up with, oh, yeah, absolutely. He would come up with what we were going to do. Uh, pretty much on the weekends or during the week, he found a camera, a movie camera that was like my grandfather's or something. And then mm-hmm. he decided he would write a, a script and a story, and then we would act it out. And I was always in these productions that he would come up with. Um, and so aside from home movies, uh, and he would bring in the neighborhood kids and family members. It was, wow. you know, he was like the the neighborhood director. Um <laughs> Another production uh, by Gene Beretta. Absolutely, yes. And he was—he he uh, was—he did animation with clay. He was always very curious and and was not hesitant to find out how to do these things. And so he one day decided upon himself to write to Jim Henson to find out how do you make Muppets, Mm -hmm. and uh, and and made this creative because he's also he's an artist. He's a author, illustrator for children's books. Right, um, and but, we're giving away two of his books today. If people oh, want great. to call in, uh, oh, we're great. giving away Bat Can, The Bat Can Bat and The Secret That's Garden of George Washington Carver. Another great one. Er, his books are really, I love them. Um, and so he drew all the time, and he created his own letterhead at the age of 14, and it had a bunch of different characters in it, and, and many were Sesame Street characters. And so he wrote to Jim asking, how do you make a Muppet? And sure enough, this is back in 1974, Jim sent instructions back with a beautiful letter uh, encouraging you know, my brother's work and mm-hmm. his artistic abilities. And then Gene said, okay, let's go. We're going to go to the foam and fabric store. <laughs> we're we're going to make was. Muppets, or, you know. Uh, you know, and so we did, and that's what we, that's my first kind of exposure to puppeteering. And I, I never thought that's what I would do. And I went more in the acting, pursued acting and, mm-hmm. you know, did local plays and, uh, went off to school and, um, and then ended up on a, uh, my first kind of big break was when I moved out to California. Um, I did a show called Dinosaurs. Uh, on on uh, ABC back in the 90s. It was about a family of dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which dinosaur show. were you? I was the father. I was, I was inside of uh, this big walk-around character named Earl Sinclair, who was kind of like the Jackie Gleason uh, character. To the and, moon, um, Alice. To the moon, Alice. To the moon. Uh, <laughs> and um yeah so i that was a jim henson and a walt disney production 
And so I was my first opportunity working with some of the Henson performers. And this um, was in the dinosaurs? I, this is dinosaurs, yeah. Okay. And uh, um, and so I feel like I'm just babbling on here. I'm sorry. No, you're not. Uh, I'm and, loving uh, it. So, oh, okay. Well, and so just, just earlier, if I could just, I'll back up just for a second. But in the 80s, I met... Brian Henson. We worked at a, a theme park hmm. in Pennsylvania called called Sesame Place, and it was themed uh. after Sesame Street. And so, what did you do in, there? In the summer. Oh well, aside from uh, smoking when I wasn't supposed to be smoking <laughs> on the property, <laughs> uh, I I helped kids. Did get you on say rides. when when you weren't supposed to be smoking, or what you weren't supposed <laughs> to be smoking? No, no. When, when. Ah, okay. Or when I wasn't supposed to be smoking. Um, I helped kids get on rides. I cleaned bathrooms. Uh, I I was basically a guest relations type of, is that right, guest relations? Or guest, I can't remember what we were called. We basically were the people that walk around in our uniforms and help people mm. do all sorts of things. And so Brian came there for the summer, and we met and became friends. And about 10 years later, keeping in touch occasionally, um, when he moved out to California to create this show after his father had passed away, um, we got together, and um, I ended up auditioning for that suit character because I, I thought, you know what, I just need to get close of I need to get close to the work. And this and is the dinosaurs. Right, this is the dinosaur show. And I mm-hmm. said, I don't care what I do, Brian, I'll sweep floors, I'll pull cables. Is there anything? And he said, well, there's this really hard stuff uh, <laughs> where people get inside <laughs> of these big rubber suits. Um, if that you weigh almost audition. 100 pounds. Yeah, yeah, especially this character. He was probably the heaviest, I think. Really? Um, How much did he weigh? I think in total he was about 85 or 90 pounds. Wow. Uh, That's a lot to haul around. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And about 25 of it was just on my my head. Mm. Um, But uh, so so I went and I I auditioned for that. And uh, and I thought, you know, I'll take my training, which is what I learned at the Neighborhood Playhouse, which is a lot of the... uh, Meisner technique is about interpreting dialogue through your behavior, right? So right. Right. you you memorize your dialogue, and then hopefully you're telling the story through your doing, right. right? It's not always about the words. It's about the behavior. And so this was, in my mind, a perfect opportunity to interpret this character's dialogue through the behavior because I was going to solely be inside of this suit, I didn't have, um, you know, I, I, I didn't manipulate the mouth, and I didn't say the words. But oh, so I you didn't do the voice at all? Correct, right. Uh, there was uh, another uh, amazing puppeteer when I first started the show named Dave Goals, who mm-hmm. is the incredible Gonzo from The Muppets. Oh! And, uh, you know, no, yeah, Dave, one of the greats of, of, of all Muppet time. Uh, so I was fortunate to work with him, and um, and then after the first season, he ended up doing something else, and another great puppeteer came along, named Mac Wilson, mm-hmm. uh, 
and he and I finished out the series. But he was the guy, and Dave both, were the ones who manipulated the head. It was an animatronic head, and mm-hmm. they controlled the jaw and the eye blinks and the expressions. Uh, and I moved, you know, the head around the neck and the body and did all the behavior. So it was a, kind of a uh, an unspoken dance, in a sense, between us, because it was all about listening. I needed to listen specifically right. to what he was saying so that I could interpret it and make it feel like it was all one thing. Now, uh, how long did that so, go? That was, uh, we did uh, 91 to 94. I think we did 65 episodes total, wow. I think. Wow. Um, yeah, and it was a huge, it was a huge undertaking back then. I think, I think back then each episode was about a million and a half dollars, somewhere around there, which mm. was highly unusual. Uh, we had a lot of big characters, a lot of amazing crew, people that, that just, I, I tell you, it's actually probably still my most fond experience of anything that I've ever done. Really? Um, yeah, because it was, it was a very hard production to get through because of the nature of these characters and the size of the sets and the time that it took to get people in and out of costumes and to build and create and to write these shows. I mean, brilliant writing as well. Um, and so and who wrote the script all, for them? Oh, well, there were, there were many uh, writers in the writer's room, but mm-hmm. uh, a guy named Michael Jacobs was mm-hmm. the executive producer along with Brian Henson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, also just a, a bunch of other great writers who now are, have moved on to do other great things and other great shows. Um, it was really a breeding ground for some amazing talent. So and was this when Brian took over the Henson correct. Company? Yeah, uh, this was, if I'm not mistaken, his first kind of big production after his father passed and uh, assuming the responsibility of, of, of running the company. Yeah, it was a big deal. And now he and his sister Lisa still have some part yes, they, of the company. They run the, the Jim Henson Company. You know what? I'm going to correct myself. I think the first big undertaking after his father passed away was a phenomenal movie called Muppets Christmas Carol, which Brian directed. Uh-huh. So I think that was probably the first one, and then Dinosaurs came. Mm-hmm. So you did it. some work on Sesame Street, too. A little, a little bit. Yes, uh, briefly, really not so much on the show, but I did uh, the some home videos that they created where they wanted mm-hmm. to give Elmo a dad. Um, and so I was part of a couple home videos. One was called Potty Time, which was mm-hmm. about the teaching, teaching kids how to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. and use the potty. And then we did... Which is a job in itself. Yes, that's right. Uh, and uh, and we did some very special videos for um, parents who are away uh, serving our country. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was about you know Elmo's dad goes away to war and 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 it's about how the families deal with their parents being away in a situation like that. Um, 
and I love doing those. I love that character. His name was Louis. Um, it was my my little tribute to Louis Prima. Um, yes. And then, <laughs> and then I I couldn't continue doing it. I'm on a, on a different coast, and so a very talented puppeteer that I asked if he would mind taking on the role. His name is Tyler Bunch, and he has since been become Elmo's dad, and he does a phenomenal job. Okay, so now how does Louis Prima get? How did you involve Louis Prima in this? Oh, oh, well, uh, by by just vocally and his attitude, the character. Okay, um, and who is his you know, wife Louis, that he sang with? <clears throat> that my dad Keely loved. Keely Smith, probably. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were a great duo. Uh, an infamous, infamous duo. But yeah, Louis, I just, uh, for some reason, I just thought Elmo's dad was from New Orleans for some reason. And, and they allowed me the freedom to kind of create that uh, personality. So, uh, you know, I just kind of did something like this, you know, and he, Elmo, come here, son. Uh, so just this kind of sweet, and Louis mm. Freeman had a very kind of sweet demeanor about him. Yes. Um, when he would be interviewed, at least. Uh, but... Uh, and I just thought that would be lovely just to say, Elmo, come here, son. Let's talk about, you know, I, you know I love you. Um, and so that's just where I just thought that would work well with this, that situation. A lot of people um, don't understand how someone creates a character. Mm. So mm. what is your process? Um, in creating a character, a new character? Uh, well, you know, I I tend to draw on usually people around me, influences <laughs> around me, or not necessarily just around me, but influences in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I... It, it depends, for example... Um, if I, if there's a, a script that's written and, and I'm and I'm looking at that script, I start to do something that actually Frank Oz, uh, who is, uh, you know, if you know Frank Oz, who created Miss mm-hmm. Piggy and Fozzie Bear and Bert on Sesame Street and Grover and the Cookie Monster, and um, he gave me advice, which was to give yourself as many specific details about that character as you can. Uh, and that, and, you and know, so, that kind of goes along with the theory of acting of the Stanislavski and my... Uh, absolutely. As many, so, as many attributes and characteristics that the character has. Yes. yes. And, and I did, and, and that is certainly something I'm losing you. At, I, you keep going in and out. Oh, no. Can you hear me? Now I can. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's something that I certainly learned from Meisner, but this was even going further, or at least it maybe it didn't sink into me as much, but it was about how specific can you be? Um, what, what side do they uh, get out of bed on? Um, wh- what kind of toothpaste do they like to use? What's their favorite mm-hmm. meal? Um, do they like to dress casual or that you know all of these questions that you can ask yourself 
It right. gets you closer to what you think that character might be like. And then I think once you start to figure out <clears throat> who they are, then I, I think you start to find a voice for who they are. Uh, you know, what, what their perspective is on life, how they see things. Uh, are they very defensive? Are they very open? Are they happy all the time? Are they miserable but cover that with false happiness? You know, there's all kinds of choices you can make. Right, um, right. Uh, in, insecurities, right? Uh, so Which I everyone from, has. Exactly, right. And, and so I start, I think, mostly from who are they. And then once I have that to a, to a degree, then I start to think about what they what that sounds like and then the voice kind of follows and with with puppets it's interesting sometimes you have a puppet that has already been created and so you're trying to find based on what that puppet looks like a voice for that character and a and a, a personality that supports the voice and vice versa sometimes there isn't a puppet uh for example a character called Johnny Fiamma. Uh, uh, I, I want to talk to him in a little while. Well, after I, our you, break. You want to talk in a, after, oh, after our break, break I want to talk to him. All right, doll. We'll talk after the break. Let me get off. I'll give you back the bill. Hold on, please. <laughs> uh, so so <laughs> he's excited. He wants to talk to you. So, um, uh, so like Johnny Fiamma, I actually performed that character as myself. It was a character that I developed as me. Uh, and I would, I did some kind of workshopping and videos that my brother and I created where they were two brothers, the Fiamma brothers. So I was mm -hmm. Johnny and he was Frankie. Mm -hmm. And then when I started working with the Muppets, I tried to find a way of introducing that character. And so that character started with me that I had developed him. And then it was about collaborating with these brilliant, uh, artists, designers, puppet builders um, to figure out what he looked like and and uh, how what kind of puppet he would be. What and, does he look like? Um, he kind of, he's a cross between um, myself, uh, Robert De Niro from Casino, and the Green Olive, basically. <laughs> uh, that's kind of what, what he looks like. <clears throat> yeah, so... So the characters for me, I think, start with who they are, as I said, and and then the mm -hmm. voice comes uh, after. And then Somebody after, oh. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, you were going to finish something, and I rudely oh. interrupted you. I apologize. No, 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 no. That's okay. I was just going to say, you know, uh, some of my characters are based on my grandfather and mm -hmm. my father, and Pepe the King Prawn is based on my wife's aunt. You know, it's there mm -hmm. are little pieces of them, parts of people, parts of my acquaintances and uh, in my life that I draw on and I think, oh, that could be fun. There's something interesting. Let's try that and see if that works. Uh, and so it doesn't is, always is work, the, but sometimes it does. Is the puppet or Muppet created after you create the character or before? So, uh, it, it's, it's both, actually. For example, Pepe was created after. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's the King Prawn? He is the King Prawn, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, 
<laughs> and uh, uh, another character named Bobo the Bear was a pre-existing puppet that had been in other Henson productions over the years. And when we started to workshop and do to try and come up with some characters for a show called Muppets Tonight, mm-hmm. um, there was kind of a, they brought in a big rack of puppets. And, uh-oh. What? Did people hear him when they, when he says that? He just Who said you have that? a caller. We have a caller? Hello, you're on the air. This is Cindy Gilman with Bill Beretta. Hi, Cindy. And Bill, I'm very excited to get to speak with you. Um, Hi. Oh, thank you. What's your first name? Uh, oh, my name is Honey Goodenough. And oh, I'm Honey. Also... <laughs> would you like I'm to speak to Bill? I would love to. Okay, Bill. Hi, Honey. Hi, Honey. Hi, Honey. <laughs> what a wonderful um, name. Oh, no, it's just good enough. Honey, good enough. You, That's even better. Be a, Bill, there's a, a character a for film. you. I know she should be no, in a James I'm, Bond I'm already film or my something. own character. <laughs> you what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yes, I'm also a puppeteer, and I have a confession. I have a crush on Pepe the Prawn. <laughs> you have a crush on oh. Pepe the uh, I've got a crush on you. Honey prize. Uh, yeah, and and he's not as shellfish as they all say he is. Oh, well, I think you were just talking on. to him. See, we're talking all day. Bill, Bill uh, I wanted to ask yes. you, um, uh, I know you're talking about developing characters, and I yep. wanted to ask you about the puppet specifically and how the puppet works. Because he's just such a beautiful rod puppet, and um, uh, I also would love to hear about uh, how Pepe specifically came about. Okay, and <laughs> okay. and and um, uh, I, I love his little in, intonations with that. Okay, um, <laughs> and I would love to know your thoughts about the current climate and about how we're being culturally sensitive. Uh, how would you advise puppeteers who are developing characters, possibly of other cultures? How, how do you feel that, that fits in this current climate? Um, many of us are creating shows, and we want to uh, represent diverse populations, but that also means that frequently in um, uh, single-person puppet shows, we we are adapting other cultures or learning learning about them and where you feel that fits in this current climate. That's a lot. That's a long mm-hmm. question, Bill. Yeah, let me see if I'll and maybe you can maybe you can help me as I go through it. But I'll start with the first part. I think which was um, how did you create? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> what? I don't remember what the first part was. The first part was about Pepe, oh. correct? And the first, the first question was about what kind of puppet is he? Well, he seems to be a rod puppet. Who built him yeah. for you, and and okay. how he worked? And then the second is about um, creating culturally diverse uh, characters. Okay, so uh, so he was built by a phenomenal builder who is no longer with us, sadly, a man named Eric Engelhart. And oh, I, uh, oh yes. 
I love Eric. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you Wonderful for honoring guy. him and his, his work. Um, he is oh, very well, beloved. Pepe would not exist without him. And so mm-hmm. um, he is a lot like uh, Rizzo the Rat Puppet, which is inside of the body is a dowel that comes down from the neck, and at the bottom is a little ball. Mm. And that ball sits in the palm of your hand, right? It kind of rests Mm. or pushes against the palm of your hand. The dowel goes up into the head, and then there's some incredible mechanism that somebody came up with that I have no idea how it really works, (laughs) except (laughs) that when I... it's, It's kind of a sleeved, I should say, it's kind of a sleeved dowel that when I pull down on... the the sides of this uh, dowel inside, it makes his head go up and down, right? So if I pull down, his head goes up. If I let go, his head goes down. And then... So let me ask you something, Bill. What can Honey do with this celebrity crush she has on Pepe? Well, you know, Pepe's got a lot of women's, okay? Um, (laughs) You've got a lot but, of but women. Maybe, see, we got a lot of women. I got a lot of women friends, okay? So we just have to keep in touch, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, you can you can uh, face face chat me or something. I don't know. Oh, um, maybe we'll you can throw honey a kiss. <laughs> I can throw honey a, a big kiss, okay? Okay. Um, but, but so, and so, Ooh, Pepe, yeah. I, I'll just kind of... Uh, I'll just quickly see. Uh, so Pepe um, is based on my wife's aunt, who was from Madrid, Spain. And uh, I just felt that her, she always said uh, statements. So she would always end. Bill, you keep going in and out again. Oh, no. How's this? Is this better? Uh, Hello? Is this better? Go back a little to where you were. How about this? Nope. Nope, nope. No good? You know what? Oh, no. We'll just take a short Hello? break. We'll take a short commercial break. Honey, stay with us, and okay. we'll take a short commercial break, and we'll get a a, a better uh, position for Bill's phone after these messages. Okay, Doug? Cindy Gilman is a certified holistic and Reiki and energy practitioner, as well as a spiritual medium. As a spiritual medium and empath, she conducts individual personal consults either by phone or in her office. All sessions are professional and confidential. For a phone consultation or in-office appointment, go to www.cindygilman.com or call 401-885-4115. Okay, let me tell you a little bit about Tipsy Chicks, if you're looking for a unique, fun gift for a birthday, wedding, bachelorette, or just a girl's night out, you should visit tipsychicks.com. Oh, maybe Peppy can do that. Tipsy Chicks is a women-owned business that encompasses a variety of gift items. Their products are definitely original, whimsical, captivating and cost-effective from their super unique magnetic drink charms. And I think a lot of people are drinking wine over the last month (laughs) in over 100 varieties. Tipsy Chicks has the perfect trend to give everyone will love. 
and they can even customize your gift if you like. You have to check out their website. Go to Tipsy Chicks, that's T-I-P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-S dot com for your fabulously funny gift needs. You're going to love it. And we are back. My guest today is Bill Beretta, creative, creative extraordinaire, actor, director, um, character <laughs> creator, puppeteer, uh, worked with Jim Henson, does programs for the Henson Company, now a good part of it's owned by Disney. Bill, are you there? I am here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Is Honey still on oh. the line? Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay. There she is. I'm going right. to so give I... you one more question, Honey. So I'll, I'll, I'll finish up what I was maybe saying. Is that okay? Absolutely. So, yes, please. Okay. So, Honey, so, um, so darling, Honey, sweetheart... <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, is this Peppy Honey. talking or Bill? No, it's Bill. <laughs> I'm just being silly. Um, so, uh, so Pepe was based on my wife's aunt, who is from Madrid, Spain, and she spoke in this unusual way. She would say things like, "Hey, time to go to the mall, Bill, okay?" And I'd say, "Okay." <laughs> and she would say, "Bill, you're wearing a black shirt, okay?" And I'd say, "Okay." And um, and as I learned, once I, we, I went to Spain with my wife and I met the rest of the family. And mm-hmm. she was actually known because there are several, her name was Maria Teresa. And there are several Maria Teresas in the family. And she was known as Maria Teresa OK. And uh-huh. I just thought, what a <laughs> fantastic thing. Huh. And uh, so. Well, wait a so minute, I Pepe's a woman? Well, he's based, no. on, based on a woman, yeah. Oh, he's based oh, on, based on a, woman. a woman. Yes. But- but he's a male puppet. From. He is. He is a male. Definitely okay, a male. Okay, because I, I got confused uh, when you were talking about the cape and the... Oh, no. So, Right, so that's what I'm saying. So so my characters come from... It could be a woman. It could be a child. It could be a man. It could be a dog, right? So mm-hmm. um, this ha- Pepe happens to be based on some characteristics that my wife's aunt had. And so that's kind of where he comes from. And then your... Sorry, your last part of your question was... Culturally, I'm sorry, could you just just one more time quickly tell me what that is? Culturally was? diverse. Oh, of, of course, of course. Uh, I'm, I'm a puppeteer developing a solo show, yeah. and I right. want to have a diverse cast. And yes. um, I just thought, um, since you also have played a variety of diverse puppets, I think the power of puppetry is that you, you can create a puppet and play a completely different character from yourself. But how sure. do you feel we respect um, in this culturally, like we're becoming more culturally sensitive. Where do you feel the balance of that plus also mm. being diverse? Like, right. With, well, with I'll tell you, I, I, I don't know what, I mean, obviously just my personal opinion. I really couldn't <clears throat> say what's best, but I guess from where I come from, I love the idea that, and, and part of what I think the Muppets are about is being able to be anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. If, if you want to be a French piece of cheese, you don't have to be from France. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think the I think the most important thing is that whether 
it's a person who is Spanish or English or French or Italian or Chinese, is that the characters are are full and complete, and the um, you know the artistry, the manipulation is high quality. I think it's about being the best you can be at what you do, no matter who you are. So those yes, are, those are big words would, coming it, from you. <laughs> Well, but and it would thank, be wonderful. Thank you, honey, for calling in. Yes. Thank oh, you. Thanks. Wonderful. I don't know. Okay. Thank Bye-bye. You. So, uh, that was interesting that another puppeteer would call call on. Well, uh, I guess that's what I do, so you would think. I- well, of course. <laughs> so, is, is, uh, is Johnny Fiamo there? Uh, yes, would you like me to find get Johnny for you? Hold on one second. Johnny? Johnny? Yeah, Cindy would like to talk. Hello, dear. Is this Johnny? Yes, is this Cindy? Yes. Oh, you're so cute. Oh, come on. I know I am, but you don't have to say it so loud. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that you yeah. think that you are... One of the greatest crooners alive. I'm sorry, did you say, I'm sorry, did you say I think? I, what? Um, did you say that I think I am? Well. Or that I am? Well, let's find out. Well, um, I, I, I thought I, I, we know, might I, sing a song together. Oh, you have a song in mind? What would you like to do, dear? I can do anything, really. I mean, you just say it, I'll sing it. Anything? I say and sing. Yeah, I say and sing. Uh-huh. Well, I purposely put on my full-length <laughs> gown that I used to perform on. Oh, lovely. So I'm... I happen to, I'm wearing a tie. Oh, you are? Just a A tie. necktie or a bow tie? A necktie. Uh-huh. Okay, so I thought we might sing a song together and... Um, called Young at Heart. Oh, I love it. You know, that's you like that when... Uh, oh, of course. You know, I, I, I actually um, helped arrange uh, one of the compositions uh, for Frank Sinatra back in the 60s, um, but I didn't receive credit, unfortunately. But Aww. yes, I love the song. I love the song. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. Uh, what key would you like to do it in there? <laughs> B flat. A, a B, B flat. flat. <laughs> Let me see. What, That's what, a joke. Where is that? Let's see. Very, very fair, fair, very fair, 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 tales. How about there? That's good. That's good. Fairy tales. Yes. Can come true. It can they happen, can happen to, you. to you. If you're young, if you're at, young heart, at heart. For it's hard, it's hard you, you will find, if you're narrow in mind, if you're young, if you're at, young heart, at heart, you can go, you can go to extremes with, with impossible schemes. I think this you is the wrong key for me. Well, oh, you I'm can sorry. laugh when your dreams down. fall apart at the seams. 
and life gets more and life exciting, gets more exciting with, each with each passing, passing day. day. And love is and either love is in your heart, in or, your heart or, or on its way. Its way. Don't you hey, know? Hey, I think we did good. Oh, you want to keep going? All right. Should what? We keep going? Or how we, should we keep going? <laughs> yeah, let's finish it up. Oh, all right. Don't you uh, know? Don't you know that, that it's, it's worth every treasure on every earth? Every treasure on earth. To be to young, be at, young heart, at heart. For as rich, for as rich as you as are, you are. It's much better it's by much far. Better by far. To, to be, be young, at young, heart. young, 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 at young. Heart. And if you, yeah, I improvise a little. Should survive. Should survive that's fine. To a hundred and five. Hundred and five. Look at all, all you derive out of being alive. Being alive. And we are. And and here is the best part. Best part, yeah. You have a you head start. Have a head start. If, if you are you among, are among the, very the very young at heart. At heart. I am honored that I got to sing with you. Well, I know you are. I know you are. And, uh... <laughs> a little modest there, Johnny. <clears throat> Oh no no! It's, I mean, I, I'm I'm just it's just a reality of thing. You know, I don't want to I don't uh-huh. want to brag. I'm just saying I understand how you feel about me, mm-hmm. uh, and I appreciate you having me on. Well, it's I'm wonderful. happy to have you on. Is there any other caller, Doug? We want to give away some of these books that Jean wrote. Eight eight oh. eight. Six two seven six zero zero eight. Is there a guest? I mean, a, a listener? I guess not. Uh-uh. No. And I really want to give about? a... I'm sorry? <laughs> I said, what should we talk about? I know you want to give away the books. I'll take them. Uh, I was I actually have, hoping my grandson would call in. Oh. Well, where is he? Let's get him. It's 888-627-6008. If you're out there, call in so we can send you a book. Or if, you, if you're listening and you have children or grandchildren, Bill's brother, Gene, is a wonderful children's book author and illustrator. And we have two books to give away. The Bat Can Bat. I wonder if that's a baseball book. And The Secret Garden Hello. of George Washington Carver. Hello. Hello. I'm still here. The Bat the Bat Can Bat is a great one. That's about, uh, uh-oh, am I going to get it wrong? Homonyms? Uh-oh. Or homonyms? No. I can't remember. Words that... Uh, They're onomatopoetic. They sound Uh, like what they are. Yeah, or or they're spelled the same, but they can mean two different things. Right. What kind of word is that? I can't, I don't know. I'm not the grammar scholar. (laughs) (laughs) So what is, what project are you working on now? Well, uh, 
Nothing uh, Muppets-related at the moment. Okay. Uh, trying to create some things um, on my own. I have a character that, since we've been in this um, situation with the virus mm-hmm. and, and people being uh, staying at home, I've uh, been having some fun working with my son on a little project called Jules's Little Gems, which is on a, a YouTube channel. Uh, and it's with, on uh, there now. Character. It is. There's there's four four short episodes mm-hmm. um, where we're just having fun, trying to, in a humorous way, spread the word about you know staying home and doing some of these things that we need to un- unfortunately be doing, but that are really important. Now, is Jules a person or an animal? Jules is a bear. He's a very large bear. Mm-hmm. And he, the situation is that he, at this moment in time, is being allowed to stay with a mother and her son in their house mm-hmm. uh, until, you know, people are, are allowed to go out. So he's he's kind of spreading the word of hibernation from the bear's perspective. He's telling people out there, mm-hmm. you know, that it's a good thing to hibernate, to be safe. And we're just having some fun uh, doing that. Mm-hmm. And what what part does your son? How old is your son? Uh, Jackson is sixteen. And what and part is, he, does he have in this process? Well, he's uh, aside from being in them with the bear, so he's mm-hmm. you know he has to put up with the bear's antics in a sense. So aside from being <laughs> a great counter <laughs> counterpart. Um, he also helps me with some ideas, and I always run the scripts by him, and he's got great ideas, and he has definite ideas of what he thinks his character should do and, and say and how she, he should respond. So we collaborate on it, and it's been great. I really love and doing it with him. That's excellent. It's so great that you can work with your son. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's on YouTube now. It is. It's on a YouTube channel called Jules's Little Gems. Uh, and now, and where are some of the former shows that you were involved with? How can people... Uh, I was think? hoping that before we've only got three minutes left, that I might yeah. talk to the Swedish chef. Ah. I need some uh, ideas. Is yeah. he there? I'm not sure... I can I can certainly check, but I, I don't know how how well you're going to understand what he has to say. But we, you can well, try. Well, let's I see. Guess. Let's see. We only have okay. three minutes, so. Hello, Swedish chef. I wondered if you could tell me how to make Swedish meatballs. Ooh, Excellent. Um, well, I think I got everything that the chef said. I'm not quite sure how sure he either. told me to save them. I don't know what he said. But we only have a minute left, and um, if people want to know more about you, you do have uh, a Twitter account, and that's yeah. Bill Beretta, B-I-L-L-B-A-R-R-E-T-T-A, or you can yeah. go to 
imdb.com, which is the Internet Movie Database. And just put in his name. Bill, I want to thank you for today. This hour has flown by. It did. Thank you so much for having me. I really Oh, my it. pleasure. I, it's been a delight speaking to you. And it was nice that another young puppeteer called in. Yes, yes, honey, thank you so much. If you're still listening, I appreciate it. And so you stay safe, stay well. Thank, thank you for you. today. Doug, thank you for everything you do for us. And uh, don't forget those masks and gloves. And be kind to each other. Do something nice for someone this week. God bless. This is Cindy Gelman. Discover your potential. Hello, I am Ron Hayden of Voices Unlimited. I've been writing and voicing radio and television commercials, toys, games, corporate sales and training, and so much more for over 25 years nationally and globally. I will write or co-write and voice your radio or TV spots on hold messages or whatever you need in one of my many voices or celebrity voices, custom characters, or an announcer voice. A great gift idea. Have me make a celebrity phone call for a special occasion. Just go to www.ronhayden.com to sample my voice demos. Email me at rhvoices1 at msn.com. I look forward to working with you in a high voice, a low voice, or just my voice. Yeah.